Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Good morning, Christian America. These words come from Peter, one of Jesus's first apostles. As Jesus gives us this difficult bread of life discourse, the saying is hard, the disciples say. And he asks them if they're going to leave. But Peter professes his faith once again by saying, Master, you have the words of eternal life. To whom shall we go? Let us look at scripture today, see the words of Peter, listen to the word of Jesus, put the things together as to what happened in Jesus's ministry and understand what that means in our lives today and how we should look at ourselves in relation to his teaching and Peter's example. Let's get into scripture today. We're going to be in the gospel according to John chapter 6, starting at verse 60. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across our nation. There's nothing that's more important in this day and age than revitalizing the Christian faith across our nation. As we see people, uh, the, the people of faith, the polls show are declining, the attendance in churches, the polls show are declining, the the uh, people who are religious in general, the polls show are reclining or declining. And at the same time, we see men mental health crisis spiking. We see suicides spiking. We see drug use and abuse spiking, alcohol use and abuse spiking, domestic violence uh, spiking, suicides and, 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 and crimes increasing. That's a correlation into the heart of man. When we turn away from the teachings of Jesus, the lessons that he gives us, the example that he set for us, and when we turn away from his love and we refuse to give love to our neighbor, love to each other as he loved us, as we love ourselves, we see that our lives become miserable. And then individually, a miserable life leads to a miserable family life. And a miserable family life leads to a miserable community life. And that's kind of where we're at at this time and at this age, these days. And so what we are trying to do as an organization is spread the message of God, the true message of God, reading scripture to you, taking it out of the, the, the Bible directly so I can read it to you, I can show it to you, you can understand in context, in order, not cherry picking to make an agenda, not cherry picking to, uh, to, to build the narrative of my own, but in order, in sequential order, so that we can see what Jesus does, what he says, how he lives, and most importantly, how he instructs us to live, what he expects from us. And he can't make it. He can't make you do it. You have to choose it. You have your own free will. You are free. But as Paul says, you're not free to do what you want to do. You're free to do what you should do. And so today we come to you um, in the, uh, the 
gospel according to John in chapter six. If you followed us the past few podcasts, you see that we went through the bread of life discourse and Jesus going through uh, the teaching about the bread of life, the true bread of life, which is him, is difficult to understand because you can you can see it and read it and understand it in a variety of layers from the simplest way to the most complex uh, you know, forms or ideas of, of Christianity. And so in saying, in giving that discourse and saying that he is the bread of life, that he who gnaws on his flesh, he or she who eats his body, eats of eternal life, will have eternal life, that he and the, and the Father are one, and no one can go to the Father except the one who accepts the Son, and the one who accepts the Son in turn accepts the Father. He equates two parts of the Trinity, and he, he, he references his own body as being the bread of life. And he references his own blood as the true drink. And that only the one who eats his flesh and drink his blood will have eternal life. And that blows a lot of minds in and around uh, Jesus in, in, this, in this moment. One, you have the Pharisees and the Sadducees that are trying to, well, they don't try to, they claim blaspheme because he equates himself with God and they're trying to uh, besmirch his reputation. They're trying to, uh, to, to, to put him in a corner so that he can, they can claim he's a false prophet, that he's, again, that he's breaking the law, that he's somebody who's dangerous and discredit him. But you also have the disciples who are with him and that are listening to this teaching whom he is also speaking to. And it's that is where we're going to pick up today, where the disciples hear all this. And the previous verses, we hear about what the, the religious leaders have to say about him and his rebuke to them, his response to them. And now we're going to hear about the disciples and how they view this and the struggle even to understand and, and commit to to understanding what he what he is saying, but at the same time, recognize that there is something greater. There's something larger than their understanding. And once again, this is Saint Peter, right? Peter the apostle, who declares previously that he is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Messiah. And Jesus turns around and says, "Upon this rock, Simon, son of Jonah." Upon this rock, you will be called rock. You will be called Peter. That's why he changes his name. That I will find my church. I will found my church. And that the gates of Hades, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Once again, in this passage, you'll see that Simon Peter makes a similar declaration. And it's something that we should focus on, and we too, even though we don't understand everything, should make a similar declaration. So grab your Bibles, turn to the gospel according to John, chapter 6, verse 60. It says that then many of his disciples who were listening said, this saying is hard. 
Who can accept it? Since Jesus knew that his disciples were murmuring about this, he said to them, does this shock you? What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life, while the flesh is of no avail. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning that the ones who would not believe and the ones who would betray him. And he said, for this reason, I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by my father. As a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. Jesus then said to the 12, do you also want to leave? Simon Peter answered him, master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, did I not choose you 12? Yet, is not one of you a devil? He was referring to Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot. It was he who would betray him, one of the twelve. So let's recap what has just taken place over the last three podcasts. Jesus, having a ton of followers, having his disciples with him, and also having his detractors nearby, has claimed to be the bread of life. He has proclaimed himself equal to God. No one can come to the Father except to the Son. No one can accept the Son without also accepting the Father. The Spirit of life, he calls himself the body of, of, of eternal life, the bread of eternal life. He says his blood is the true drink. He equates himself with the Father, and he equates the Spirit with eternal life as well. We just read that. So in this passage, in this chapter, John chapter six, go back and reread it. Jesus confirms the Trinity. He, he is the son who equates equality with the father, both of whom grant eternal life. The body of Jesus himself, he calls the bread of life. In this passage, he says that the spirit it gives life. So you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not my words, Jesus's words in John chapter 6. He says, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood, not those who pretend to, not those who drink wine and claim it to be, not those who do this as a symbol of my blood or my flesh, Jesus himself says, those who eat of my flesh and drink of my blood will have eternal life. I am the bread of life, the Trinity. So confusing for obvious reasons that, and disturbing as what scripture says, is that a lot of the people following him leave him. Like, what is he talking about? I don't, I'm not understanding. This is uncomfortable. And so they leave. That is what happens with the world. When you're trying to do the right thing, when you start to speak truth to things, 
people who don't want to hear the truth, people who don't want to understand the truth, or people who have already made up their minds about what the truth is, they will turn their backs and they will leave. They will not stay with you. That's exactly what happens to Jesus in this moment. And so when the people start to leave, because either they're confused, they no longer believe, or it doesn't fit what they expected. Jesus turns to his disciples, his followers, the ones that are closest to him. And he asks them, don't you want to leave as well? Don't you want to go? And Peter and his declaration of faith comes to his master and says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. Your words are the words that are going to give us eternal life. All we have to do is listen to them and follow them. Believe in him. Your words, you have the words of eternal life. How do you achieve eternal life? Jesus went just through this whole process by believing in him, by following his commandments, by listening to him, by eating his flesh and drinking his blood, becoming one with him. Because when you become one with him, you become one with the father. The spirit and him and the father give you eternal life. Peter says you have the words of eternal life. So even if the, the crowd leaves, who does the right thing? The faithful. Peter, James, Andrew, John, all the apostles, to include Judas, who would become what Jesus says, is not one of you the devil. Who would betray him? Because even the devil knows the truth. That the Trinity is real. That the power of God is real. It is majestic. The Holy Spirit dwelling within us. Should we allow it to? We can accomplish anything and we can turn a bad situation into something great. Not because of something that we can do, but the power that Jesus gives us through his name, through belief in his works, the Holy Spirit working within us. We can turn a country that is divided, a household that is divided, a community that is divided along lines that, quite frankly, don't, don't make much sense. With the power of God, we can mend those wounds. We can heal that divide. We can unite under something good, something under something better than what we have. We can unite in generosity, in kindness, in caring. We can unite in humility. We can unite under something truly righteous, the only one who can fully unite us as children of God. Friends, if you like what we're trying to do here, if you like messages like this, we don't ask for your donation. We ask simply that you participate in the Christian American revitalization effort by liking this podcast, by sharing it, 
by subscribing to this YouTube channel, this podcast, this Rumble channel, wherever you're watching or listening to. Go to ChristianAmericanTees.com. Pick yourself up some Christian American apparel. Show the world that you put Christ at the forefront of your life and you are working to make this country a better place. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, when we get into the gospel according to John chapter 7, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.